Okay, it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. You're going to want to turn this up for a little ACDC. Starting the show out with a song called Safe in New York City. I hope you all got a good stereo for this one.
ACDC with a song called Safe in New York City. So it's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. I think everybody's awake in the studio now. You might not believe this, but this is a radio station, and there are people here that don't like live music. <laughs> well, what can I say? It's my show. It's my two hours every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m., you don't like loud music, especially ACDC. How can anybody not like listening to ACDC full blast? And that wasn't even close to full blast. Well, maybe they should kind of like go home early maybe or wear some earplugs. I don't know. What are you going to say, folks? Especially on Memorial Day weekend when everybody's out of work for the week. Looking forward to a long weekend, maybe having a couple of Frosties in moderation, right? It's all about moderation. A lot of people like smoking pot nowadays, and it's almost legal in the state of Vermont. Full-blown recreational purpose. They're getting close. Every year they say they're not going to discuss it, but that's all they do talk about. It's legalized marijuana. Governor Phil Scott, he's all concerned about being able to pull you over on the side of the road and giving you a drug test on the spot, throwing a book at you, raking you over the coals, shaking all the money out of your pockets so he can give him and his buddies a big pay raise and more benefits because that's where your taxes always go to, folks. I've said it a billion, zillion times. Get a copy of your city budget and you'll see that every department spends over 90% of your hard-earned dollars on their own salaries and benefits. And until that ever changes, nothing's ever going to get better. So, it says, AAA expects the busiest Memorial Day weekend on the road in years. And it says tens of millions of Americans will celebrate this Memorial Day weekend away from home. AAA expects this year to be one of the busiest ever for holiday travels. Well, don't they say that every year? It's a good thing that people can get out, hit the road and visit some relatives and friends for the holidays. Maybe play a little horseshoes, right? Eat some burgers and dogs, potato salad. That's not even Independence Day. But one thing, folks, don't forget to honor our veterans, past, present, and future. Because if it wasn't for veterans, male and female, we wouldn't have this great country of ours. And there's a lot of people out there fighting their hardest trying to destroy the United States of America. They want open borders. So anybody can just walk in and out of this country. They want people to have no immunization shots. So we can all get the diseases they bring in and out of this country. Seeing a lot of things going on. Measles, chicken pox, whooping cough, 
tuberculosis, diseases we haven't seen in the last 50 years, all coming back to the United States, folks. You got to figure pretty much everybody here is vaccinated. If you go to school, you have to be vaccinated. Some people, though, they aren't vaccinated. But would they get chicken pox and everything if people weren't bringing it into the country? People that weren't vaccinated? People coming from third world countries? Bringing tuberculosis here? Measles, chicken pox, whooping cough, tuberculosis? People say, well, you know, Louie, some people don't believe in getting vaccinated and they're the ones spreading the disease. Well, they have to have the disease to spread it. And if it's not here, it's not here, whether you're vaccinated or not. So use a little common sense. Logically speaking, somebody's bringing these diseases back into the United States. And there's people, like I said, they want to drop the borders. There's people that don't believe in the Constitution. They think it's all outdated and it should be updated. There's people want to take away your First Amendment, your Second Amendment, all of your amendments. The sad part is, folks, they don't even teach cursive writing in school anymore. They haven't for about a dozen years or so, right? So, if you have the Constitution staring you in the face and you can't read cursive writing, how are you going to know what your rights are? How are you going to understand Memorial Day or Independence Day or the other things that make this country so great? You're not. They don't teach civics in school anymore. They don't teach anything. I think maybe what we should do in the United States after high school, like a lot of countries, you should probably have to go into one of the military branches for a couple of years just to learn about what makes this country so great? What makes it such a worthwhile thing to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem when you're at a football game or a baseball game or something? You go into the military for a couple of years, you'll begin to understand all of these things. So back to this article. It says, Genesis Saul. S-O-L, filled up her tank before hitting the road to Anaheim, which is in California, to spend the holiday weekend with her family. It's definitely a drive, and with traffic, it's like easily a two to three hour trip sometimes. She said one of the nearly 43 million Americans expected to travel over Memorial Day weekend, the highest number for the holiday since 2005. According to AAA, the vast majority of travelers, more than 37 million, will take to the roads, driving at least 50 miles from home. It's a pretty good trip, especially coming back home when you're all tired and everything. It says, we're continuing to hear customer confidence is increasing. Also, economic growth is looking positive, and that's really prompting a lot of people to plan trips for Memorial Day, said Doug Shoup of AAA. 
AAA says high fuel costs aren't keeping people home, even though gas prices have gone up more than 30 cents in the last two months. Well, I'll tell you something right now, folks, gone up more than that here in Vermont, God's country, because uh, a couple months or so ago, gasoline was about $2.30 a gallon on the average in Burlington, Vermont. And now it's about $2.80, $2.85. So, you know, you're talking about 55 cents a gallon jump in the last couple of months. But then again, like I say, when you go out into the real world, like it says here, gas has gone up about 30 cents in the last two months. But in Vermont, 55 cents. Have you ever noticed that when you leave the city of Burlington, you go down to even Virgin's? gas could be several cents a gallon cheaper. You could go down to Middlebury, not even an hour away out of the city of Burlington, and gas has always been at least 10 cents a gallon cheaper than the city of Burlington. And then if you travel down to Rutland, which is almost two hours out of the city of Burlington, gas has always been at least 20 cents a gallon cheaper than the city of Burlington. People say, well, you know, Louie, that's because they have to haul it up there in tractor trailers. And that eats up the cost. And that's why it's 20 cents a gallon more. Well, folks, that's a bunch of BS. Because a lot of that fuel comes in on railroad cars. They have these dumping stations throughout the Burlington area. One of them, for instance, is right down here on Flint Avenue. They have all these storage tanks. They pull up in the trains, they hook up the hose, they put the fuel, whether it's gasoline or home heating oil or whatnot, they put it in these big storage tanks. So, whenever somebody tells you that it costs more to haul it up here in tractor trailers, that's not right. They bring it up here in these storage tanks in railroad cars. In a train, everybody knows. They run on diesel fuel. Some trains are about as long as the eye can see, you know? And to go 10 or 20 miles is nothing. To go an hour or two is basically nothing. It's just how trains function. They go all across the country, all around the world. But it says these long holiday weekends are times of the year when people will prioritize their money going toward travel so they can spend the quality time with their family and friends. Because that's what life is all about, right, folks? Your family and your friends. You've got to have something to keep you going between the time you get up in the morning and the time you go to bed. It's not all work, no play. That makes a boring person, right? But like it says right here, it's because people have confidence. And it says consumer confidence is increasing and also economic growth is looking positive. Well, yes, sir, it has for the past couple of years. Thanks to President Donald J. Trump, Remember when Obama said 
that President Trump was never going to bring all of these jobs back to the United States. He said that he would have to have a magic wand and that the people of the United States should get used to a flat GDP because that's how it is now. And maybe that's how it was when Obama was a president for eight years of a flat GDP. That's how it was when Obama was a president because this guy basically was a community organizer. He spent his first term in office in Washington writing his book. Spent the second term fundraising to run for president. You know, every time he turned on the news, you would see Obama out playing golf with a lot of his celebrity friends. When did he ever have time to do work in Washington, D.C.? He did. So, like I've always said, people like Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid, John McCain, those are the people that ran this country while Obama was out playing golf. One thing people don't like about President Trump is that he gets on his phone and he tweets a lot. He has an account on Twitter. Tens of millions of people follow him. He sends out tweets 24-7. They say that President Trump only sleeps like three or four hours a day. And he's going on 71 years old. Well, folks, I suppose if I was a billionaire and I own a lot of the best real estate in New York City or Florida or other places around the world, like he has golf courses in Scotland and whatnot, I don't think I'd ever want to sleep either. I'd have billions of dollars. I'd be able to do anything that I want. See, when he wasn't the president, he hops in his jet, flies around the world, takes his entourage and his family with him. Who would have time for sleeping if you're worth billions of dollars? Wouldn't be enough time of the day. But like I was saying, one thing that the people don't like about President Trump is that he tweets a lot. And you got to say to yourself, whose fault is that? Well, it's pretty much customary that whenever a president takes the oath of office. There haven't been cell phones around for the long, quite that long of a time. But you're supposed to hand over your cell phone for security reasons. But Obama, when he was a president, he refused to hand over his cell phone. So he opened up the gate, didn't he? If Obama would have handed over his cell phone, then Donald Trump right now wouldn't have a cell phone. And he wouldn't be on Twitter all the time. And people wouldn't be so angry. So if you're angry at Donald Trump for having a cell phone, logically speaking, you'd have to blame it on Obama. Because he's the one who started all this. In my opinion, we're going to get to a song here in a second. 
But in my opinion, the reason Obama kept his phone is because Hillary Clinton was the Secretary of State. She had a computer server in her house in the state of New York. Where did she have it? In her office? In the basement? In the attic? No, she had it in the closet. What closet, you say? Closet in the living room? Closet in the bedroom? No, she had a top secret computer server in her bathroom closet. And you know, folks, I can only imagine the size of that closet. I can only imagine the size of that computer. But they don't ever discuss that anywhere, do they? You ever watch those shows on HGTV about flipping houses? You ever see some of these houses? They have a walk-in closet the size of a bedroom. And the woman always says, that's for me. Well, they'll have a smaller one sometimes, which is for the man. But the woman actually always gets the larger closet. It's a done deal. Whenever you're buying a house, it's just not written in stone, but that's pretty much how it is. The woman gets the larger closet in the bedroom. So, I can only imagine the size of the closet that Hillary Rodham Clinton had in her bathroom in her private home in New York. Had to be massive. That computer server had to be massive. But nobody knew about it except for certain people. It was done without the consent of the House or the Senate. As far as we know, maybe they're all in on it, who knows. But, as I've said many times, take for instance, Obama and his administration sold 20% of the United States uranium. For what? To make weapons of natural, natural disaster, weapons of mass destruction, naturally. No one's ever said how many bombs could you make with 20% of the United States uranium? Nobody's ever asked that, except this show right here. I've gone around to people's walls, like Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Rush Limbaugh, people at CNN, Laura Ingram, Mark Levin, MSNBC. I've asked everybody, how many bombs could you make with 20% of the United States rating? Nobody ever responds. And they say that it was sold to the Russians for approximately $140 million. Well, you know, folks, that seems like a very minimal amount to me for 20% of the United States uranium. $140 million. Some of these celebrities, they live in houses worth more than $140 million. Would you trade a house for 20% of the United States uranium? In a heartbeat. If you're Vladimir Putin, 
or the president of Iran or North Korea or any of these countries that want to kill us. Nobody ever asked that question. But like I was saying, Hillary Rodham Clinton has a server in the closet of her bathroom. Barack Obama Hussein. He's got his cell phone. He's orchestrating the whole deal from the Oval Office on his cell phone. Telling Hillary and her people to pass this information on to Vladimir Putin and his people as to exactly what the deal is to purchase 20% of the United States uranium. What other reason would Obama have to uh, hold on to his cell phone? No other reason, really, except to sell all of our country's top secrets, orchestrate the whole deals on his cell phone from the Oval Office while Hillary and her people are sitting in New York finalizing the whole deal. That's a little something to think on, isn't it? Of course it is. We're going to cut to a song here. This one is by Collective Souls. And it's called Heavy. Hope you're enjoying the show so far.
So where do we go from there? This is an article that we read every year. Has to do with Smuggler Notch. It says the road has been briefly closed by another stuck truck, which happens and happens and happens again. Police say that only six days after Vermont Route 108 through Smuggler's Notch between Stowe and Cambridge opened for the season, a tractor trailer got stuck on a winding road, forcing it to temporarily be closed. The truck that got stuck Tuesday tried to cross through the notch from the Stowe side, but the truck was freed relatively quickly. Well, that's good. Sometimes the stuff's could be stuck forever up there. Despite signs on both sides of the notch warning that the road is closed to big trucks, vehicles getting stuck there has been a challenge for years. Three years ago, Vermont law was changed, so first-time offenders who get their rigs stuck can be sucked to civil fines of between $1,000 and $2,000 for the first time you get your truck stuck. Like they said, you go up there and you have big signs on both sides of the road. No trucks allowed. Turn around. But they don't. And that's a really winding road right up over top of the notch. And they have these big rocks there. Kind of makes you wonder, why don't they just widen the road, make it so tractor trailers can go through. But then again, you'd probably have accidents coming down the other side of the mountain. Because you know a lot of trucks, they go down these steep hills and they lose their brakes. So then you have to have these emergency pull-offs to the side. And sometimes those things get very costly building them. So it says, while the truck that got stuck Tuesday was the first of the season, none got stuck in 2018. Well, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Maybe some of these truck drivers can't read English. They'd probably have to put it on a dozen different languages before somebody could say, hey, that's my language. But by the time you get to read it, it says, turn around, it's too late. This is an interesting article right here. It says Washington is the first state to allow composting of human bodies. Ugh. Imagine that. It's not like you're composting your dinner or something. Take it out in the backyard, put it in a compost pile. It says Governor Jay Inslee signed legislation this past Tuesday making Washington the first state to approve composting as an alternative to burying or cremating human remains. Isn't that something? It says it allows licensed facilities to offer natural organic reduction, which turns a body mixed with substances such as wood chips and straw into about two wheelbarrows worth of soil in a span of several weeks. Imagine that two wheelbarrows full of compost. Hey, there's Uncle George. You know, it's been uh, several weeks. I guess now we can go spread them out on the garden and plant our food. So, you plant these tomatoes, green beans, watermelons, corn, and you're using Uncle George's compost. Four months later, he's sitting at the table eating some corn. 
Oh boy, this corn tastes fabulous. Tastes like Uncle George. <laughs> Isn't that what you'd be thinking? I mean, you're using Uncle George for compost in your garden. Doesn't necessarily have to be your vegetable garden. I mean, you could compost them around the lilies and uh, daisies and whatnot and the rose bushes if you wanted to. But let's say that you did. You put them in your vegetable garden. So, as that corn is growing and it's using Uncle George for its nutrients, or his nutrients, I could say, and he's absorbing up into the stalks, up into the corn, the corn that you're sitting there eating for dinner. Technically, wouldn't that be considered cannibalism? I think in my mind it would be. Have to be a study on it. Always have to do studies, studies and surveys. Question number one. Do you think composting Uncle George would result in cannibalism? I would definitely have to check. Yes. So it says, loved ones are allowed to keep the soil to spread, just as they might have spread the ashes of someone who has been cremated. No, I don't think that's the same. Or even use it to plant vegetables bang or tree right there folks they're even recommending that you could even use uncle george's compost to plant vegetables or tree yes sir answer to question number one is cannibalism definitely cannibalism well if you drop the borders you're allowing all these people in the united states come and go come and go I'm sure that in some of these third world countries where there's nothing but poverty, war, devastation, diseases, violence, war, it's got to be cannibalism, wouldn't you think? I wonder that when I'm watching the news, I see these parts over in Iraq, these cities are just obliviated, just nothing left but rubble. And you'll see people walking around in the rubble. And you're thinking, where is there a store that you could drive up to and go in and get a gallon of milk? Maybe some OJ. You don't even see any streets. The buildings are collapsed. The rubble's all over the streets and everything. You don't see any stores open anywhere. So what are people eating? Uncle George, right? <laughs> Logically speaking, it's like I say, you don't see any stores that are open. Makes you wonder. It's funny when George W. Bush sent the troops into Iraq and Kuwait. There was reporters everywhere. Every time a soldier stubbed his toe it was on all of the major networks, making it look like President Bush was putting our soldiers through an unwanted hell. 
every time one of them died, they showed the casket covered with a flag. It was all George W. Bush's fault. But since Obama became the president of the United States for eight years, we didn't really see reporters over in Guantanamo Bay or Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan. Not much reporting coming back from the other side of the world. But they do say that was he was using a lot of drones to do the fighting for us. Dropping a lot of bombs. They said that Obama was bombing seven different countries at a time. Not one, not two, three, four, five, not even six countries. They said that Obama was bombing seven different countries at a time. Can you imagine that, folks? Can you imagine all of the innocent men, women, children, little innocent babies being bombed to the point of being vaporized? Because that's how powerful a lot of these bombs are nowadays, folks. You're vaporized. Not much reporting about that, though. It's a shame. Pretty much everything that Obama did has been sealed. The records have all been sealed. I think President Donald Trump should unseal all of Obama's records. Everything unredacted. Just release it to the public, and you'll see that he was no saint. It's coming. One thing I like to say is, whenever you read about criminals, regardless of who they are or what they did to break the law, they could be somebody that went in the store and stole something. Somebody that ran over your mailbox with their car by accident. Somebody that killed somebody. Or you'll have these serial killers. And it goes on for years that the police don't catch them. And a lot of people will call crime stoppers. And they'll give evidence to the police to help catch this criminal. And a lot of times that never happens and the case goes cold. But what they say is that these people, for instance, a serial killer, they want to be caught. A lot of times they think they're smarter than the police. And they will send bits of evidence to the police station, whether it's through the mail or through a video or whatever but they say that these criminals they always want to get caught and eventually they'll give the police just a little too much information and they will get caught so the way that I'm viewing the Democrats is that let's take the election a couple years ago 
everybody knows that Bernie Sanders won the Democratic nomination. But they say the DNC was broke. They didn't have any money. And they're saying that Hillary Rodham Clinton bought the nomination from the DNC for $20 million. That's even what Bernie's people say. It's what everybody says. It's not just me, which is an independent point of view. and always has been. It's not the Republicans that say that. It's mostly Bernie's people that say that. He got robbed of the Democratic nomination, and they believe he could have been the mayor if he had ran against Donald Trump. I mean, not the mayor, I'm sorry, the president of the United States. That's a well-known fact. So, what they do is they create this phony dossier. It was given to James Comey, the head of the FBI. Says right on it, research this information. But he never did. Everybody knows that. We now know for a fact that James Comey, when he was the head of the FBI, never researched any of the information in the Steele dossier, which everybody knows was paid for by Hillary Clinton. Because she was upset because she lost the election against Donald Trump. Even though she said she had all of the superdelegates in her pocket from the get-go. Even though she spent $20 million buying the nomination and stealing it from Bernie Sanders. She was upset. So, she pays this guy named Steele to create a phony dossier. They hand it over to James Comey, head of the FBI. Him and his cronies never researched anything in it. And they say now that just looking at it, even a first-year law student would know that this was all bogus lies. The average person on the street would know that it was all bogus lies. But they all took a vote, decided to go forward, and try to unseat the President of the United States of America. That is called a coup d'etat. I call it a coup. For short. It is what it is. That didn't work either. So now we have a new Attorney General. And everybody's saying how he's definitely in cahoots with Donald Trump because they had a special investigation. James Comey leaked all of this information to a friend of his who turned around and leaked it to the media. And it was all over the news around the world that some of the information was insane. They were saying how Donald Trump was over in Russia, stayed at a hotel that Obama and his family did. And when Donald Trump found out that Obama had slept in his suite, he hired a couple of prostitutes to come in and urinate all over the bed. Well, that's just idiotic, isn't it? And you know, folks, 
even if that was true. There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing that's grounds to impeach the President of the United States. I mean, I don't even know what type of a sick mind would make up something as asinine as that. And I don't even know how anyone could think that those are grounds to impeach the President of the United States because he hired a couple prostitutes to go in and pee on the bed that Obama had slept in once at this hotel in Russia. You know, little kids couldn't make up this baloney. It would have to be an unstable mind to think up such things. So even after all of that, right, they had the attorney general in their pocket. They hired all of these Democrats to assist Mr. Mueller with a special investigation. All Democrats that hated Donald Trump with a passion. And still do to this very day. One-sided argument. This investigation never asked one single question of the Democrats about Russian collusion or anything, even though all the evidence leads back to the Democrats colluding with the Russians. Nothing to do with Donald Trump or his administration at all colluding with the Russians. And like they say, even if he was colluding with the Russians, that's not illegal either. And that definitely is not grounds to impeach the President of the United States. But like I was saying, Hillary and the Democrats got away with all of this. The Democrats are accusing the Republicans of so many evil things, but the evidence proves that they are the ones committing all of these crimes. And they got away with it because there's so many rhino Republicans in Washington, the swamp, as Donald Trump calls it, they're all in cahoots together. None of them were calling for a special investigation to investigate the Democrat side of the story. None of them were calling to have James Comey fired. It was Rosenstein, his own boss, wrote a letter recommending that President Trump fire James Comey. A letter from his own boss. Can you imagine that? So after recommendation of James Comey boss, Mr. Rosenstein, and everybody in Washington, D.C. that hated James Comey because they said he's a dirty cop, he did fire him. And he has every right to. In pretty much every state in the United States, folks, is an at-will state. You can work anywhere. And they can let you go at will, at any time. No given notice, no explanation whatsoever. All you have to do is meet you at the time clock to say, uh, James Comey, uh, we've decided we no longer need your services, so don't bother punching in today. That's it. No explanations, no nothing. If that holds water in every state, it surely holds water for the President of the United States. And plus, these people were all holdovers from Obama's administration. So they're faithful to Obama. And you definitely don't want them in your administration because they're just out to cut your throat. 
and try to obstruct you every way possible. And they even say that their job is to resist. They're walking around wearing t-shirts that says resist. Might as well say treason on the back. Definitely should say treason on the back. Resist on the front, treason on the back. Maybe people like that should go in front of a jury. Maybe they should be exiled from this great country of ours because it's more like fascism. You don't accept the outcome of an election. So what is the point of the other party running for office? The Republicans. Just because you're a Republican, they're never going to work across the aisle with you. They're never going to work on the interest of their constituents. They're never going to try to make things better. That's total baloney, folks. But like I was saying, they did all of this and they got away with it. They could just close their mouths and be quiet and wait till the next election to see if Donald Trump is reelected, but they won't. And even Cunningham said, and a lot of these other Democrats in the swamp in Washington, D.C., they said, if we don't impeach him, he will be reelected. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. They had the audacity to say that in front of the world. If we don't impeach him, he will be reelected. You open up the dictionary, folks, it will say right there, treason. That's definitely not right regardless of who you are. Because the door swings both ways. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, it's getting to the point where it doesn't matter if you come out and vote. Because the opposite party doesn't care what you think. They don't care what you say. They don't want to hear what you think or say. They don't care about your vote. They will do anything to regain power. Which is totally wrong. It's not what this country is about at all. But as I was saying, they got away with all of this. Just like a serial killer. But as they say, serial killers or any people that do crimes, they want to get caught and they leave clues, and they can't shut their mouths, right? Loose lips sink ships. So that's exactly what we've been seeing with the Democrats. They got away with all of this, but they won't shut their mouths. They are not gonna be satisfied until the new attorney general prosecutes them all and puts them behind bars. And some of them, folks, aren't going to go behind bars. Because as we've seen, what Obama and his administration did in the middle of the night, in the darkness, in the secrecy of night, they had all of these pallets of money, cold hard cash, being loaded up into planes and flown around the world and converted into different currencies. And they were shipped off only mainly to Iran, they say. But some of it went to other third world countries that hate our guts. Because 
if some of these people are prosecuted, they're going to be looking to make a quick getaway. And they're going to be getting away to third world countries that hate our guts and will not extradite them back to the United States of America where they belong behind bars. Does anybody ask themselves when Obama and his administration sent over $150 billion in the darkness of the night to Iran, did anybody ever ask where the heck did they get that money? You know, who's got 150 some odd billion dollars in cash just laying around? And they say, well, you know, Louis, we owed them that money from the 70s because we froze their assets when the Iranians took the 52 American hostages. I was in the Navy back in those days, folks, so I know all about the situation. And I'll tell you something right now. Most third world countries do not have $150 billion to invest anywhere, especially the United States where they hated our guts, even in those days. Can you imagine having $150 billion cash to invest in the United States in the 1970s, how much that would pan out to in the year 2019? It would probably be equivalent to a couple trillion dollars. I know darn well that Iran didn't have that kind of money back in the 70s, especially not to invest in the United States. They've always been investing their money in nuclear weapons, the developing of nuclear weapons. They probably have them right now, but now they have to uh, work on the missiles, which they were trying to ship over from North Korea, but we put an end to that too, thank God. But like I was saying, we're going to play a song, and keep that in mind. The Democrats got away with murder, but they just won't zip it. Because psychologically speaking, according to all of these books that we've ever read about criminals, they all want to get caught. So that's where the Democrats stand. So, I saw this article in the news. It's been going on for a while, since 2017. It says a uh, South woman from Vermont, lives up in South Hero, was charged with the deaths of dozens of animals in 2017, and she took a plea deal this past Thursday. Investigators say Ashley Tilson, she kept 88 animals in her home, and all but eight of them died from malnutrition and the heat. That said, hopefully these uh, poor animals are in a better place nowadays. Tilson pleaded guilty to 15 counts of cruelty and now faces 10 years of probation. Not jail time, probation. She lived in the trailer. The electricity was shut off and everything. 88 animals in there and all of them dead from the heat, and they starve to death. What a horrible, gruesome death. 
88 animals, all dead, but eight of them. And I can only imagine the shape that these eight remaining animals were in. Sure, they were on death's door. It's been going on since 2017. Did she get any jail time? She got 10 years probation. And she cannot own any animals. She was also sentenced to home confinement for 90 days and faces a number of fines. In acceptance of the sentence, Tilson apologized to the court. I just want to say that I do accept all these responsibilities for what has happened and that I am deeply, deeply depressed about it and sad about it. Well, duh, you know, only a monster wouldn't be, right? In the fall of 2017, investigators found any eight animals, including rabbits, lizards, guinea pigs, a hedgehog even, and a chinchilla in Tilson's trailer. Most were dead of malnutrition and heat, according to the police. Power was cut off for months at the metal-sided trailer, and 30 dead animals were found in the freezer of all places. Can you imagine that? Some were too deteriorated to be examined. That's a horrific, sick mind right there, folks. Says, what happened here is, Ashley, is that she literally got in over her head, said Rory Malone, Tilson's lawyer. You know, isn't there always some sleazy lawyer to defend you regardless of who you are and what you did? It's like I say, sometimes it's not the crime that's so bad. It's the lawyers and the judges that let you go and put you on probation for 10 years after you killed 80 of 88 animals. It says, uh, he says she was trying to help the animals, but ran into some mental health issues. You think? That only got worse when she realized she couldn't take care of them. You know, folks, how is anybody living in a single trailer possible of taking care of 88 animals? You know, what kind of income do you have living in a single old trailer? What makes you think you can take care of 88 animals? Did you just win the lottery or something? think not. On top of probation and home confinement, Tillman was ordered to donate $1,500 to the Chittenden County Humane Society. Well, like, I'm sure she has that money, right? She didn't have money for her electric bill or nothing. And she must pay the town of South Hero almost $2,000 for the storage of the animals during the investigation. I thought the sentencing was appropriate, said Peggy Larson, a veterinarian who worked on the case. Doesn't sound like a very good veterinarian to see that 80 animals were dead, and I'm sure the other remaining eight were close to death, and this woman gets probation and she thinks uh, the sentence was appropriate. Now, I don't think that's uh, one veterinarian that I'd want to be taking my animal to, folks. Uh, Peggy Larson. No, thank you. 
It says, I think this case sets a precedent for those of us who work on animal abuse cases. An officer will be checking in on Tilson to make sure she abides by the probation conditions and does not take in any more animals. She now has a significant civil and criminal record. 15 animal cruelty convictions and 73 civil tickets. It's just not fair, is it, folks? Those poor animals, they didn't ask for that. You know, and then she had a lot of them stuffed in a freezer. And they were so deteriorated that you couldn't even determine what they were. Crazy, huh? Speaking of crazy, this guy here, an American Taliban, Lind, he's freed after 17 years in prison. John Walker Lind, the Californian who took up arms for the Taliban and was captured by invading U.S. forces in Afghanistan in the year 2001, just got out of prison this past Thursday after more than 17 years. Released under tight restrictions that reflected government fears he still harbors radical views. Somebody like that. This is death to Americans for the sake of national security should probably be left in prison. And as I always say, why should my tax dollars provide three meals a day for this guy? Free medical, free dental, free meals. You know, he can get a free education to become a jailhouse lawyer to try to find some loophole to jump through to get himself out of prison. Why should my taxes pay for people like that, folks? Maybe he should be on death row. God only knows how many people killed while he was over there in the Middle East. They showed him when they arrested him that he was filthy, dirty. He looked like an animal. You couldn't tell a difference. Lind, who's 38, left the federal penitentiary in Terry Hope, Indiana, after getting time off for good behavior. From a 20-year sentence, he received upon pleading guilty to providing support to the Taliban. In a Fox News interview, Secretary of State Mark Pompeo condemned his early release as unexplainable and unconscionable and called for a review of prison system policies. There should be, folks. Lynn's release was also opposed by his family of the CIA officer Mike Spann, who was killed during an uprising of Taliban prisoners shortly after interrogating Lynn in Afghanistan. God rest his soul, right? Under restrictions imposed by a federal judge in Alexandria, Virginia, Lynn's internet devices must have monitoring software. His online communications must be conducted in English. He must undergo mental health counseling. He is forbidding to possess or view extremist material, and he cannot hold a passport or leave the United States. All right, so this guy's 38 years old. God only knows who would hire him. After doing a background research, I mean, you're not even going to have to do that because this guy's faces all over the news media. Everybody in the world knows who he is. He knows he's a Taliban supporter still to this very day. Who's going to hire him? So, once again, this is where our tax dollars come in. 
we're going to pay for his room and board, whether it's an apartment or a house. We're going to pay for his medical, his dental, his counseling. We're going to pay people to monitor him. If he's on the internet, he can't possess or view extremist material. So we're going to have to pay for his internet bill. It's just a never-ending battle, folks. It's like I say. People like this, you should just have the death penalty for. Put them to sleep. It's over with. Move on to the next murderer. Because there's plenty of them out there, that's for sure. So Lynn converted to Islam as a teenager after seeing the movie... Malcolm X. It's another good influence right there, folks. He went overseas to study Arabic and the Quran, and eventually made his way to Pakistan and Afghanistan and joined the Taliban. He met Osama bin Laden himself, it claims, and was with the Taliban on September 11, 2001, when Al-Qaeda terrorists attacked the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. I think, folks, when the soldiers arrest these people, they should probably, under strict order, shoot to kill. Because it's just a long road of uncertainties. This guy is out on prison. He claims to still be loyal to the Taliban, right? You can only see how bad this is going to get. Hopefully he's not one of those psychos that's going to walk into a school of defenseless, innocent little children and just start shooting everybody and blowing himself up and committing suicide because that's one of the things that the Taliban are known for also, right? Suicide bombings. Killing everybody that they can. Just to incite terror. Because that's what they do. Those are their rules, folks, not mine. Let's see, we'll go to something local here. Illegal immigrants. They are rallying for driver's licenses in the state of New York. It says immigrants from around New York State have rallied at the state capitol to call on legislators to authorize driver's licenses for residents who entered the country illegally. Events featured remarks from top lawmakers, including Democrat Assembly Speaker Carl Heasty of the Bronx, who said his chamber would pass the legislation. Definitely a full-blown liberal-slash-democrat-slash-progressive-slash-socialist slash communists, right? Definitely. After the rally, some supporters blocked access to a door to the state Senate. Fifteen were arrested after they refused to leave. This is something, you know, it's bad enough people aren't in this country illegally, but they don't even care about it. They'll come down to your government office, block access to your door, yell in your face, they just don't care. Seems to me like you should bring them all to the airport, throw them on a plane, 
get him out of this great country of ours. The measure remains unpopular with some Republican lawmakers, and no vote has been scheduled in either the Democrat-controlled legislature with less than five weeks left in the session. Supporters argue that licenses would help immigrants with everyday transportation, a particular challenge for farm workers. You know, folks, this is what really bothers me a lot. They say we need these immigrants, whether they're here legally or not. We need them to do the jobs that people, you know, regular Americans don't want to do. Goes to show you how the philosophy of this country is turned around backwards. When people think that farming is a job that nobody wants to do. This country was founded on farming. Farming is what keeps this country going. If you research history, all of the people that tried to conquer the planet, Stalin, Mussolini, Hitler, Napoleon, right? What did they have? They had food. You need food to keep your army going to protect your country. Without food, you literally starve to death. Other people can come in and conquer you because you're weak. This country is still based on farming. And if we didn't have food in the United States of America, folks, we wouldn't be the powerful country that we are. And other countries would come in here and invade us and take over, and we'd all be speaking North Korean right now. Or Chinese. Or Russian. That's for sure. And that's right in the history books. I don't know if they teach that in school anymore. Probably not. Because they don't want you to know the reality of history. That's like they're always trying to remove statues. Statues pertaining to the Civil War and whatnot. You know, a lot of history, the bad parts of it, was caused by the Democrats. And they want to erase these statues in history. And they want to spin history so it makes it look like it was all the Republicans' fault. They have these websites that do exactly that, folks. And people on Facebook in particular, they say, well, I got this information from this website, and here's a link, so you can go read it yourself. And I've been on the airwaves for about 25 years, whether it's the radio or television, reading all of these articles pertaining to all of these rotten politicians, whether they're Republican or Democrat, progressive, libertarian, socialist, independent, they're all the same folks. All they care about is your money and your vote. When I go to these websites and I read these articles that the millennials are reading and the people that are naive and gullible, it's not so much they're naive and gullible, it's just that a lot of people don't want to face the world. They don't want to deal with reality. So they don't watch news. A lot of people don't have a television. That's how much they're turned off by politics in the world. We could be invaded tomorrow 
and a good percentage of the people in this country would never see it coming. And it's a whole new world, folks. We see on the internet while other cultures are teaching their children right here in the United States of America, folks, in schools in Pennsylvania, for instance. I read this article last week that these children are in this school and they're singing these songs about death to Americas, chopping off our heads. It's going on in our own country while our children are being taught to be pacifists. Don't argue with anybody. Don't stand up for your rights. We're being taught just the opposite. And anybody could walk into this country and take over. And it wouldn't take very much resistance to surrender. Because that's how the United States is turning around quickly. A lot of people don't realize that some states have tens of thousands of refugees or illegal immigrants. You just don't know because a lot of these places are sanctuary cities and sanctuary states where they won't tell you who's there legally or not legally. Places like Minnesota where Obama, he imported over 90,000 simoleons when Obama was the president. The news media doesn't focus on that very much. They show parts of Minnesota that are just completely taken over by Somalians and other refugees. And if they're all radicalized, that's one heck of an army, isn't it, folks? Over 90,000 people in one location. And these people are singing songs in school chanting death to Americans, cut off our heads and stuff. Something's got to be done about that, folks. Situations like that have to be monitored. And people that come to this great country who don't want to assimilate and celebrate Memorial Day or Independence Day, they don't want to stand up for the national anthem, I think they should be deported. It's not really any wars going on around the world anymore, folks. Maybe you could thank Obama for that because he was bombing seven different countries at a time. Maybe Obama blew them all into smithereens, vaporized them all. Innocent people, guilty people, men, women, children, used drones, bombs, didn't seem to matter to Obama. The media never really reported on it. But what we do know now is there's no wars going on. So basically, I guess we could send all of these people home. It's safe. They can go back. If they don't want to assimilate to the rules and the culture of the United States, go back home. Make your country great again. That should be their model. 
But like I was saying, a lot of these businesses and farmers, it's not because people don't like working on a farm. It's just like a lot of these farmers don't want to pay a livable wage or give you any benefits. And a lot of these farms now are big business. They have hundreds and thousands of cows. A lot of them just aren't moms and pop businesses anymore, folks, where they have 20, 30 cows. A lot of these people have hundreds and thousands of cows. They can afford to pay you a livable wage and give you benefits, but they don't. So instead, they bring in all of these immigrants, whether here legally or not, and hey, you got 100 people so working on your farm, taking care of your 5,000 cows, as the owner, you don't have time to take them all to the grocery store or to buy clothes or take them to the doctor's office. So what you want to do is use your power in the legislation. And a lot of these farmers folks, they are involved in the legislation. They want to pass laws to give these immigrants here that are legal or not driver's licenses so they can drive themselves around. So that way, when they smash into you, because a lot of them don't know how to drive because they never took driver education in school. They smash into you. Now, they'll have insurance. And insurance will pay for their accident. Because they have a license. And that's what it's about, folks. They don't want to hire an Uber to take their employees to the doctors or the grocery store to buy groceries or clothing. They want them to have their own license so they can get insurance, drive all over the United States. And that's what it's all about. This is an old song right here we're gonna go to from 1978 by Streetheart. It's called Meanwhile Back in Paris. And once again, you're listening to Louie Live. I'm your host, Louie. We are definitely live, and I hope you're enjoying the show so far. And here we go.
going on in Paris nowadays it's not what it used to be a lot of refugees invaded Europe and they don't want to simulate they don't want to work uh, not safe in Paris anymore it's no longer the city of love now there's a lot of homeless people living on the streets garbage all over the place people rioting it's like I say, there's no more war in these people's countries anymore, so pack them up, send them home. Give them a hat that says, make your country, whatever it is, put it on there. That's a going away president. We'll give them a hat. Make Afghanistan great again. Right? Just a for instance. One thing they don't tell you is that there's no housing in Vermont. No availability. Never really has been definitely isn't now. They say that there's like 33 different languages being spoken in the Burlington schools, Winooski schools, throughout Chittenden County, throughout the state of Vermont. And I'm sure it's like that in every state. But there's no place to live. And so, the American Civil Liberties Union is still at odds over all the homeless camps. How to handle homeless camps in Burlington, it says. The city and the American Civil Liberties Union of Vermont are still at odds years after federal court fight started. Off a section of the bike path in Burlington, you can see a homeless camp. Two years ago, a lawsuit was filed to protect the people who lived in those camps. We want to know why they still don't have an answer. Uh, because there's still not any availability and apartments and housing for these people and a lot of them can't afford it so they're not homeless by choice a lot of these people some of these people work full-time jobs or two jobs they can't get a house and a lot of times people can't get an apartment or whatever is because they might have some type of bad credit because the landlord will do a credit check on you which is understandable and if you don't have good credit you don't get the apartment. So what are you going to do? Live in your car? You're going to live out in the woods in a tent? You're going to live on a sidewalk? That's all coming to the city of Burlington. You know, we have a lot of wooded areas throughout Burlington. And there's a lot of homeless camps. And it's kind of odd because a lot of these people are on disability or they work. They have tents. They have sleeping bags. But they're homeless because they can't afford an apartment. They don't have the credit rating to get into an apartment. And it's sad because people don't deserve to live like this, folks. Not in the 21st century. 
not in the year 2019. And throughout the city of Burlington and throughout the whole United States of America, there's a handful of people that own all the housing units where I live and where you live, where everybody lives. And you watch all these shows like on HGTV about buying a property. You know, you put so much money into it within 60 days. You update the kitchen. You update the living room. You tear down all the walls. You make it one great big room. That's the new trend nowadays. You're in one great big room. It's like the houses down south. They call them shotgun houses. Because you can literally stand in the front door and shoot somebody with a shotgun as they're running out the back door. And pretty much all the housing is turning into shotgun homes because they say, well, now I can stay in the kitchen and I can see the children wherever they are. Well, you know, as children get older, you don't have to watch them constantly. You know, you put in your faith that you're raising them good. They know better than to go sticking their finger in the light socket and whatnot. You can have a room with a dining room, for instance. You see these house on TV? Oh, this is the dining room. No, it's the dining area. There's no walls. The dining room table is right behind the couch. It's not a dining room, it's a dining area. Stop kidding yourself, folks. You're living in one great big room. You're living in a house with basically no character. It looks like a furniture store. You had to go to a furniture store. You see the living room right here. You see the kitchen right next to it. You see the kitchen appliances next to that. It's one big room. You're living in a furniture store. And as I said, there's all these homeless camps because there's no homes for these people. Until that changes, it's only going to get worse. And when you see these homeless people living on the streets and sleeping bags and cardboard boxes and whatever, and they're living in their own waste, and it shows a big thing right now, like out in California, and there's a lot of streets you can drive down. People living on both sides, sleeping on the sidewalk, sleeping in tents, sleeping in cardboard boxes, garbage all over the place, people going to the bathroom number one and two, right on the sidewalk in front of everybody. That's how they live. And all these diseases are spreading now, they say, through rats and mosquitoes, as an example. Diseases like typhoid. Very highly contagious, very deadly, very dangerous disease. Just one of them that's spreading through homeless camps like this and throughout the streets and under bridges, down by the river. And you go to the states, for example, California. Nancy Pelosi lives in a mansion. Feinstein, she lives in a mansion with walls around it, with security guards. They live like royalty at the taxpayer's expense. Prices to live are outrageous in the San Francisco area. And only the rich can live there. And the poor live on the streets. And a lot of them turn to alcohol and drugs just to exist. And a lot of them don't exist very long. 
because they end up overdosing or they have ailments in their body that fail and they die. Just so these rich people can live in mansions and whatnot and segregate themselves from you. It's terrible, folks. It's not what the world was supposed to come to back in the 60s when Martin Luther King was talking about people sitting down at the same table and sharing a meal as brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. Martin Luther King must be rolling in his grave. Then there's these other congressmen that talk about abortion and they say, if you don't kill them now, you'll just kill them later on in life. It's a pathetic thing for a politician to say, isn't it? One thing about abortion, folks, is when New York State passed pre-birth abortion laws where a woman could have a baby right up to the day that it's born. The baby can be crowning its head and they could still abort it. And when they passed the law, they all stood up and applauded. Isn't that sick? That's very sick. And then Vermont immediately jumped on the bandwagon and outdid them. And they were talking about how a woman can give birth to a baby. And this is going on throughout all the states, the Democratic liberal states, where a woman can have a baby and a baby can be sitting right there on the table, all cleaned up, wrapped in a blanket. And she will discuss it with the doctors whether she wants to have the abortion. Well, folks, the baby is born. Women say, my body, my baby, the baby is no longer in your body. It's sitting there on a table, all cleaned up, wrapped up in a blanket. It's a separate human being. And you have no right to murder it. Because that's not abortion. It's no longer in your body. It's sitting on a table, breathing, crying. It's an individual life. And it has rights. But with all that said, one thing that they don't discuss is that, you know, whether a woman is raped, right? They say, well, the woman should be able to have a right to an abortion if she's raped. Well, I listen to the radio a lot. They have all these commercials on from parent, Parenthood or whatever telling women, come down to Planned Parenthood and we will give you the day after pill, the morning after pill, whatever it's called. And you keep that in your medicine cabinet. And if you have unprotected sex, you take that pill, you put it in your mouth, just like an aspirin, just like a vitamin, just like a gummy bear, and you swallow it. And you won't have to worry about getting pregnant. If you, God forbid, are raped, you take that morning after pill and you put it in your mouth 
sure you're going to be really grief-stricken. But still, you go to the medicine cabinet and you take that pill, you put it in your mouth, and you swallow it. You know, God forbid you were raped, but there's no need for you to become pregnant because of it. So, like they say on the commercials, if those are your circumstances, we all pray for you. And we're there for you. And hopefully, the law will be there for you. But you get that morning after pill. They'll give it to you free. And you put that in your medicine cabinet or whatever. You put it in the glove compartment of your car. You put it in your pocketbook. You put it in your wallet. And if that, like that ever happens, you put it in your mouth and you swallow it. And then you will no longer have to worry about becoming pregnant and giving birth to a baby because of rape or incest or whatever. You know, when I hear about a woman deciding she wants to have an abortion the day of the baby's birth, and there's nothing physically wrong with this baby, I think, number one, you can always give the baby up for adoption. There's many people out there who would love to have a baby that can't have one for many reasons. You can always give the baby up for adoption. Number two, the woman should be immediately sterilized. And as far as Aborting a baby on the day of its birth, a perfectly physically good, healthy baby, I think the woman should probably be given a psychiatric evaluation and institutionalized. Because you know, it's probably going to happen again. That's what I have to say about that, folks. I would like to hear more people discuss protected sex, birth control which is readily available. So many different forms of birth control nowadays. I would like to hear more about the morning after pill. But one thing I don't want to hear about is somebody aborting a baby on a day of its birth and it's perfectly healthy. And they say, well, you know, Louis, a lot of times the mother's life is in danger. Well, you know, I've heard many doctors on television and on the radio saying how They've never seen a situation like that. You know, any doctor they tell you can perform a C-section within a matter of a couple minutes and have that baby right out of you and deal with the woman's health and the baby's health. So like I say, folks, I want to hear more about birth control, protected sex, Surely they must teach sex education in school nowadays, don't they? I mean, what do they teach? The show's winding down, folks. We've got about 15 minutes left. Where do we even go? This one article right here, like I said, how you can go down to any city hall and get a copy of your budget, and you'll see that every department spends over 90% of their budget 
on their own salaries and benefits, such as the police department, fire department, water department, street department, on and on and on. In this article right here, it says the Elizabethtown Lewis Emergency Squad over in New York says they are at risk of closing their doors. They say a tax increase could save them. But one town manager says that might not be the best use of tax dollars. The funding we received from the towns only lasts about six months, said Terry Bradshaw, a critical care technician with Elizabeth Lewis Emergency Squad. The ambulance covers nearly 170 square miles, helping more than 2,500 people their time of need, and even more in the summertime. They say they need a new ambulance, as well as updates to their existing rig. They're asking for $200,000 in the next two years. Our budgets are extremely low compared to what it takes to run a department of our size. Of our size. I wonder what is the size. It doesn't say the size here. But their budget is extremely low to a department of their size. Well, anybody knows, folks, Elizabethtown over in New York is a little rinky-dink town. they got maybe a couple stores and a gas station when you're driving through it. You don't even really know that the town exists if you blinked your eyes. It says, fixing these problems means more money from the town's budget. We need to do it financially sound, and I'm not sure what they're doing. There is financially sound, Lewistown Supervisor Jim Monty said. Monty says that tax increase might not be feasible for his taxpayers. Taxpayers who, in the winter, are asking, do I eat? Do I pay my heating bill? Monty said. So it's not a town of rich people. It's people who are deciding, particularly in the winter, do I eat or do I pay my heating bill? Doesn't even say if they're senior citizens or people living on a fixed income. Or people that are medical needs, handicapped. Because all of these people basically live on fixed incomes. And it's really sad regardless of who you are, when you have to make the decision of do I eat or do I pay my heating bill? Especially up here in the north where it gets extremely cold in the winter down to 30, 35 below zero every single day for weeks on end in the winter. You can literally freeze to death in a matter of minutes if exposed to the elements. Recently, he says they bought a Medicare and pay their part-time staff more than other communities in the county. Well, there you go. They pay their staff more than other county communities in the county. That's where our funding is going, Monty said. Rural communities all over Essex County are seeing similar problems. Uh, maybe because they too are paying their staff more than other communities in the county. Kind of proves me right as to what I've been saying here week after week after week after year about how these cities and towns spend all your tax dollars on their own salaries and benefits. Sad, isn't it? And we've got about five more minutes to go or so before my friend Jerome P. Alimony, the founder and host of North Star Radio, comes in. I don't know if he's doing a live show tonight or maybe he's doing a recorded show, which I'll have to 
automate for them, but we'll find out here in about five minutes or so. It's talking about the farmers, how they're all hurting, they say. And it says uh, President Donald Trump rolled over another $16 billion in aid for farmers hurt by his trade policies and financial markets shook this past Thursday on a growing realization that the U.S. and China are far from settling a bitter year-long trade dispute. It's pretty generous giving them $16 billion in aid. Like I say, a lot of these farmers, folks, I mean, they have hundreds and thousands of cows and employees. They're big business. Any other business would be paying the consequences on their own. It says right here, the latest bailout comes atop of $11 billion in aid that Trump provided for farmers last year. So last year he provided them with $11 billion aid. This year's $16 billion. And the year's not even half over yet. So who knows? You'll probably throw them another $16 billion by the end of the year. But the reality is we have to do something about China and their tariffs. Because like they say, you can import a car from China and they're only paying like 5% tariff charges. But when we import a car to China, it's like 35% tariff charges, 30% more. That's not right. That's not fair. And like they say, Chinese don't even want our cars. It's pretty much impossible to import a car to China. But President Trump is kind of evening out the plane field. This article says a federal judge is weighing another court decision of whether they should intervene in a political dispute between Congress and President Donald Trump over funding the border wall. Judge Trevor McFadden this past Thursday questioned attorneys for the House of Representatives which bought the lawsuit last month on whether the courts had the ability to get involved in the administration said it would use Treasury and Defense Department funds to build a wall on a Mexican border. Well, folks, isn't that common sense? The Defense Department, should they use money from the taxpayers to secure the border, whether it's on the north of the United States or the south of the United States? Sometimes it makes you think that these people just stand there banging their head against the wall all day long and they're like totally brain dead. You know, what else are you going to spend your tax dollars when it's going to the Defense Department? Uh, let's see, maybe uh, defending the people over in Kuwait, Afghanistan, Iraq, North Korea, South Korea, just to name a handful of the countries. We have about 28,000 troops standing on the border of South Korea looking at North Korea. Been there since the Korean War. Costing us probably a trillion dollars or more. But God forbid the Democrats should think that we would spend a nickel of my tax dollars defending our own borders, whether in Mexico or Canada. Like I've always said, folks, I think that people should have to pass a psychiatric evaluation before they can get their name on the ballot to run for political office. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Uh, do you believe in spending tax dollars 
that go to the defense fund to defend our borders? Yes or no? They say, nope. Wrong answer. You're not eligible to run for political office. See ya. That's what I say. Just makes you wonder. They're talking about Nancy Pelosi lately. We've been watching her for years. This woman cannot speak a coherent sentence or for life depended on it. She's sitting there stammering, stuttering. Her teeth are all loose in her mouth. Looks like her teeth are going to fall right out of her mouth. I mean, this is a woman that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Owns a good part of California. If you go on YouTube, folks, this is very interesting. And this will explain why Nancy Pelosi does not want border security. Because you'll see videos on YouTube where her family has been involved in running drugs across the border for generations. Her father was one of the major drug runners across the Mexican border. And I'm talking about heroin, cocaine, not talking about marijuana. And this, folks, is all on YouTube. Go there and research it. And then you will say to yourself, oh, now I know exactly why Nancy Pelosi wants open borders so people can just walk in and out of our country day and night with all types of hardcore drugs like Oxycontin, heroin, methadone, fentanyl. President Trump. To question her on this. Seriously. But last night on the news, President Trump sent out a memo giving the new Attorney General, Mr. William Barr, the authority to seek all information from the FBI and the CIA and request all information be unredacted and available to him and his administration and the authority to release whatever he sees fit for the public to view. And boy, don't the Democrats hate that because they've always said that President Trump was colluding with the Russians, but after four separate investigations, they have absolutely nothing. And believe me, folks, if they had anything, and I mean anything, on President Donald Trump, they would go to hell and get that information from the hands of the devil himself to impeach President Donald Trump to regain power in the White House. And even say that, Cunningham said himself that if we don't impeach him, he's going to get reelected. That, folks, is one of the most treasonous things I've ever heard of in my life. If our founding fathers were here, they would hang him on the lawn of the White House for treason. So, after release of that information last night, it was all over Fox News Channel saying how this is big. They're going to get to the beginning of the Russian collusion investigation. They're going to research the FISA warrants, all four of them. Somebody's going to be getting prosecuted and put in jail. 
And you think the Democrats would be happy. You think that, oh my God, he's going to release all the information unredacted, and the whole world can see just how corrupt the Republicans and Donald Trump are. But no, folks, they're scared to death because the world is going to see just how corrupt the Democrats are and how they did all of this, and Hillary Clinton paid for it, and James Comey signed off on it all, and they all agreed that it says on the front, you should research this information. But they all agreed not to, and they all agreed to go forward and try to use this bogus dossier to try to unseat the President of the United States. And that's what they're all scared to death of, folks. You think they would be happy, you think they would be dancing in the streets, but they're not. They're scared to death because now you're going to see the other side of the coin. Because there's two sides to every coin. And now you're going to see that there is nothing but Russian Democrat collusion. People are going to be going to jail, folks, and the noose is tightening around the neck of the coop. Saying that, I'm going to let you go, and I'll see you back here next Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Go to Facebook and join my group, Louie Live. Showcase your music, and you can follow me on Anchor at Louie Live, and I'll see you back next week. Hope you had a good time today and enjoy the show. Bye. Time, the green light flashes, the flags go up, churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank, few burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns, their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down, the bands get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down.